Amen, amen. If, you, if you're excited that he's alive, just tell your neighbor, he's alive. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He's alive. Oh, so we're not here in vain because our Lord is risen. Looking in the gospel according to John, looking at this 20th chapter as we celebrate his resurrection. Those who are able, if you can stand with, stand in the reading of God's word. If you're not there, say, hold on. Amen. Like we're all there, let us begin together. Hopefully we arrive to the same conclusion. Looking at this great chapter, the 20th chapter, speaking of his resurrection according to the gospel of John, I want to lift up. Uh, this, the latter part of this verse, if you can look with me at verse 28. It reads, my Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Praise God for his word. You may be seated as you take your seat. If you can help me announce this title to your neighbor, tell them from rumor to revelation. revelation. Look at your other neighbor, help me out. Tell them from rumor to revelation. Oh, glory be to God. Jesus says, blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. These words speak to those who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and have not seen him. This speaks to the fact that seeing is not always believing, but believing is believing. <laughs> we have this saying by the Missouri State, right? Show me. So many times in our lives we want somebody to show us something before we believe it. And we hear some people say, I would not have believed it if I have not seen it. But Jesus declared that blessed are those who believe by not seeing. This speaks to the fact that when we understand that Jesus rose on Sunday morning, that we might not have seen it, but we heard about it. If you look how the 11 heard, but yet they were still in fear. The 11, you understand there's only 11 now, because two of that group did die on Friday. One got up. And out of the 11, they are hiding because they're scared. But if you look earlier, Mary and Magdalene, they heard Jesus rose from the angels. Then they saw him and he tells them, go tell my brothers. And they tell them all that they have seen and that they have heard, but yet we still find them locked up in a room. They heard a rumor. And, and, and this rumor has doubt, has led them to have fear. When you have doubt, it leads you to be in a, a statement of, of fear and inaction. Look at how they did not move and not go anywhere. If you look in the Gospel of Matthew, we dealt with that earlier this morning. He tells Mary to tell him, go and meet me in Galilee, as I told you before. 
Not only did he tell them go to Galilee as he told them before, but he also told them I must suffer many things and die only to get up three days later. So he has already prepared them and told them what was going to happen, but yet they still had doubt because the teacher, the mentor, the leader, the one they confess Messiah is now dead and, ha and, 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 ha and has been three days now, and now it is Sunday, and they have not seen him. They heard that he was alive, but they haven't seen any evidence. So now, when he shows up in a locked room, they have evidence. Y'all see that? They were amazed and in awe that now what they were doubting, the rumor they have heard, has now been confirmed. The, they tell Thomas, y'all see that there in the text? The other tell Thomas what they have seen, but what? Thomas does not believe. Thomas instead says, unless I see, hit, see the nail print in his hands, I put my finger into the place the nails were, or I put my hand into his side where they pierced him with the spear. You see how this rumor not only impacted the disciples that they did not believe it till they saw evidence, but now Thomas heard it from the disciples who said they seen him. He's alive. He says, I don't believe it. Can I help somebody out? Isn't this so amazing to hear that someone who died on a cross, the one they walk with, they ate with, they talked with, and listen here. Thomas says, I don't believe it, but this is the faithful Thomas that told Jesus that when you are going to Jerusalem to raise up Lazarus, we said that we're going to roll with you and we're going to die with you. Go back and check it out. He says to them, brothers, let us go with him and let us die with him. He was faithful, realizing that Jesus, if your life is in danger, we won't leave you hanging. We're going to go with you and we'll die with you. But yet, just as the 11 Thomas was with them, they saw him die. They saw him crucified. Now they're doubting that their mentor, their teacher, the leader is alive. Mary showed them, told them they did not believe it. Jesus showed up. Now they believe. But Thomas was absent. And he says, I don't believe it. There's people today that still don't believe. There's people today, just as Thomas, that they said, I won't believe unless I see. I need to be there. And, and, and the problem in this society that we live in, in the society where we live in, that science deals with duplication. Science duplicates what it can believe. That's why they write down the research so somebody can duplicate that same research. And so when they can duplicate that same research and it comes out to the same result that happens before, then they prove it says it is real. It is gay. But catch this, catch this. They cannot duplicate the cross. You cannot kill somebody on the cross and say, okay, we're going to wait three days to see where they get up. Jesus did a supernatural event. That's why it's so amazing. When we see how Thomas is still in doubt and has lack of belief because this rumor, a rumor is a statement or report current without known authority for its truth. He heard what they said, but he does not have authority and believe that it is true. Though they are the authority, for they witnessed it. But Thomas says, I must see it for myself. There's some people today now that you can show them the Bible. They still don't believe it. There's people today still trying to prove that they can find the bones of Jesus. Because they don't believe that he rose from the grave. 
There are people that want to doubt that he was the son of God, but he was just a man. Because they are dealing with a, ta- a tangibility that they need to see something in order to prove something. But yet Jesus says, blessed are you who what? Believe without seeing. Because if you look at it, many of us are here because we have not seen him, but we believe in him. And we, we realize that because we believe in him, we know the power that's in him. Look at the, the text here that we can kind of maybe identify with Thomas. Thomas doubting. Jesus knows that Thomas is doubting. What I like about it, that Jesus is not in the room. But Thomas told them before, I don't believe y'all. Unless I do these things, stick my finger in the nails in his hands, put my hand into his side where they pierced him on the side. Jesus shows up. <laughs> what I like about how Jesus shows up once again, he shows up in a locked room and reappears. Showing one thing here to them, that he is in a new glorious body. A body that cannot be contained by the elements of this earth. A body that is glorious but yet recognizable to show them that I am he who was crucified and also I am he who rose from the grave. And look at the evidence here. Thomas says, I would not believe unless I seen evidence that he was the lamb slain for my sins. If you look in Revelation, it says, behold, the lamb that looked like he was slain. Jesus understood Thomas's doubt, so therefore he came and showed to himself to him, look, I am the one they crucified. And yes, I'm alive. To make sure that there's no mistaking, there's no misunderstanding, that I am not an imposter, this is not somebody else trying to act like me. No, it is I, Jesus. Because you understand there are imposters. There's people out there that want to impress and dress and act as if there's somebody who they are not. But Jesus let him know, I'm the one who took the bruise. I'm the one who took the stripes. I'm the one who bled and died. If you don't believe me, look. See my hand? See my feet. Thomas, if you need to, here's my side. So you see the rumor to them, it was just a rumor. For they did not believe because they were so much in doubt, so much in disbelief. That the one who they've been traveling these three years, the one they've been fishing with, the one they've seen feed 5,000, the one they've seen walk on water, the one they've seen raise many from the dead and heal the lame and make the blind to see. Now he is dead. Peter denied him and the crowd and the, and the crew rose to three times. Others ran away, hid it because they didn't want to get caught up. And now they're hiding, thinking they might kill us next. But Jesus still loves them and shows up to them. Even as they're fearful of him, even though they don't believe the report that was given to them. But do you see here, not only did Jesus have to say it, that the message came through the angels and, to, to, and from Jesus to Mary and Madeline. Now, now Jesus shows up twice to them <laughs> to confirm the message. He showed it the first time, Thomas wasn't there. And then the second time, Thomas is there. And when we see here that Thomas is is there, the rumor is now verified to him. And now what does he have? Revelation. Revelation brings what is surprising and previously unknown to become known. Revelation brings confirmation to what was a rumor now to be known as a fact. 
Therefore, when Jesus appears to them again, and this time Thomas is present, look how Jesus responds to Thomas, who has been doubting. He presents evidence that can no longer be argued against. Jesus then said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, but believe. When Thomas sees that, look what Thomas does now. It does not say he sticks his finger in his hand. He puts his hand in the side. No, Thomas falls down and realizes that you are who you say you are. Look at his confession. His confession is even bigger than Peter's confession. Peter confessing to be the Messiah, but he's still hiding. But he says, not only are you the Messiah, but he says, you are my Lord and my God. Y'all catch that? This is more severe than anything else because why? He's pointing out that not only are you my Lord, my master, that here on this, but also you are supreme. You are the God. You are the king of kings. You are the host of hosts. You are lords of lords. You are alpha and omega. You are the beginning and the ending. You are the everlasting God. You are the God of Israel. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He realized who Jesus was at that moment, at that time, and says not only are you my Lord, but you are God. That's what's why we're here this morning. Think about the rumors. Some people say Jesus might be this. Jesus might be that because they don't believe the facts. But when we tell him, tell people that Jesus is God, things change. A lot of people want to say, I want to thank God or the man upstairs. Well, you lift up Jesus and say, well, I could pray to anybody. No, 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 no. Hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. Uh, you you confused here. Uh, you heard rumors that you can make it anywhere. But the fact is, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but through me. And, and, and so what we need to find out here, that Jesus is making clear to us that he is God and he is God alone. But others want to make other things God. I can do this, I can do that, but none of that died for you. None of that got up for you. None of that can heal you, but Jesus can. See, why we celebrate Easter, why we make such a big deal about it, because when he died on the cross for us, he paid our penalty. He took on our suffering. He was despised and rejected so that we can be accepted. And so when others want to talk about how I heard about that, but that's not true, that's when we got to tell them, but we know it is true. We may not have seen it, but we don't need to see it to believe it. Because Jesus already let us know, blessed are ye who believe and have not seen. Anybody here blessed? <laughs> I didn't see him die on the cross, but I believe he died on the cross. And I believe he rose again from the grave on the third day. Oh, glory be to God. I do believe all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anybody here believe that? So when you know that you know that you know, can't, nobody can stop you from telling the truth. Because when, when Mary heard the truth, she saw the truth, she had to go tell the truth. What, what, what we began as a rumor from the angel got confirmed when they saw Jesus. And when they saw Jesus, they went and go tell the disciples, but the disciples just took it as a rumor. And then when the rumor became confirmed to them, they went and told Thomas. Thomas, when he did not believe him, when Jesus showed up, he fell down and worshipped him. Huh? Can I help somebody out that when rumor becomes revelation, you have no choice but to worship him. 
Let me drive this home. That some are still not going to believe the rumor that he's going to come back again. But when the rumor becomes revelation, every knee will bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. At that moment, at that time, what you did not believe when it becomes to fruition and it becomes true and it becomes revelation, by that time it is too late. So now is the time to receive the truth and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and share that with somebody else so that they will understand that today is the day of salvation. What I like about this, we see here that Jesus even gave his disciples another chance. We, too, don't always believe what God tells us to do. The Bible tells us how our body is not our own and how we are, uh, 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 we are dedicated unto the Lord, but yet we get caught up doing all kinds of things with our body that's not holy unto God. But yet I'm so glad that God still shows up in our lives. Anybody here had that experience in your life? That things weren't going your way. Things are going wrong and you know you were wrong, but yet God showed up. He might have showed up in a friend. He might have showed up in a praying mother. But he showed up in your life to let you know that this is not the end. That you can have hope because they thought it was the end. They were locked up in a room thinking everything they placed their hope, everything that they trusted in. Because remember when some of them left, Jesus said this to them, that you must eat of my flesh. And drink of my blood. Some will say, that's harsh saying, well, we can't put up with this. He looked at Peter and asked, are you going to go? Where shall we go? You have the words of life. We've given up everything to follow. He said, blessed are you because you'll receive greater things in heaven. They've given up so much to follow after Jesus. And now everything they followed after has been crushed, has been trampled down, has been destroyed on the cross. And they thought that was the end. They thought it was over. But tell your neighbor, it's not over until God says it's over. And you see, it wasn't over yet. <laughs> God showed up, showed up, and showed out. Look how he showed up. First of all, he showed up in a locked room. And they were hiding. How did he get in? He just showed up. And he showed out. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Look at my side. Do you see who I am? And they realized. This is the Lord. And he commissioned them. He strengthened them. Tell them, I am setting you up to be the church, to forgive, to set the example, to go through. And he's empowering them that you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit to build my church. But Thomas was not there. He says, I'll be back. <laughs> and he showed up while Thomas was there. Thomas telling him, I'm not going to believe till I see it. Jesus knowing with his omniscience that Thomas was doubting him. Where we get doubting Thomas from. And Thomas was doubting. But Jesus tells him, no longer doubt, but believe. There's some things in the Bible that many of us may doubt, but let me tell you, don't doubt, just believe. There's a lot of people that's going to tell you they did not cross the Red Sea. They crossed a shallow part. Well, next time somebody tells you they crossed a shallow part, tell them, why did the chariot sink? Because <laughs> I know when you go through shallow water, you can at least make it through. A chariot should make it through. A chariot bigger than the man. So why did the chariot sink up? It says the whole army was swallowed up by the water. Then when they say they went through a shallow side, say, well, why do they have walls of water on each side? 
We see some things to us seem unbelievable. It does not seem something that can be possible. But that's why we need to realize we serve a supernatural God. Look at the supernatural events that surrounded his death and his resurrection. When he died, some of us like to say how the sun refused to shine for the S-O-N shining at his darkest moment. That when the, when the clouds became dark above at noonday, y'all know noonday supposed to be the hottest day, the sun is the peakest. At noonday, it was dark. He yelled out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then it says there was an earthquake and the temple curtains split from the top to the bottom. Not from the bottom to the top, but from the top to the bottom. Let you know some unseen hands, some cosmic hands was able to rent what was dividing us from him. Not only that, it said tombs were opened up by the earthquake and bodies were away, but none of them got up before he got up. And when they got up, they went into the earth. These things surrounded. Then we see also that the guards were knocked out. And those angels look as lightning talking to Mary and Madeline. These are some supernatural things. And then he showed up in the locker room. Showed them the scars that he took for us. He was bruised for our iniquities by his stripes. We are healed. His chast- our chastisement was upon him. And he showed, this is what I went through for you. Thomas realized he was in awe that when he saw, he could do nothing but fall down and worship him. I want us to understand, as I said again, that those who don't believe the rumor, he's coming back again. When he comes back again, you have no choice but to fall down and worship him. And those who are fearing his appearing, they will hide in the rocks and try to hide from his coming. But he is Lord and he shall come. So the evidence of Jesus demands a response. Some are looking for physical evidence like Thomas, but many of us have come to believe by not seeing. This is why God sent the disciples to spread this great revelation. Revelation is something that is revealed by God to humans. This great revelation came to show us salvation is for all. This revelation comes to show that God has raised the only begotten son from the grave and he is now exalted at the right hand of the father. This revelation tells us that what some believed to be a rumor and were full of doubt is now without doubt a revelation of salvation and our freedom from the bondage of sin. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. Blessed are those who believe the report just as Peter came to understand by God's revelation. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Therefore, on this Resurrection Sunday and on our Easter day, we celebrate not a rumor, but the greatest revelation of all. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die, to rise again, our hero, our victor, our savior, our Lord. He took the cross and thought of you and thought of me, and he bore the shame of us all only to exalt us with him. So this one thing I know know for sure some other things I may doubt I may doubt what I'm going to wear tomorrow I may doubt I might see another birthday I may doubt uh, I might see another graduation but one thing I do know that he rose from the grave and he is Lord and he is king 
and he is Savior of all. There's a lot of uncertainties in life, but this is one thing I'm sure of. The tomb is empty. He defeated death. Sin has no victory. We are more than conquerors. We are great in him. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, I got one more thing I just want to drop on to you. That we are more than conquerors. We are victorious because we stand in the victory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because when you confess him as your Lord, you no longer become a, a, a servant, but you now become a friend. And when you become a friend, you get access to things other people don't get access to. Anybody here got a good friend to give you the keys to their house <laughs> and let you come in when you want to come in? You don't have to knock. You just come on and say, hello, friend, I'm here. Can I help you out? That Jesus says in my father's house. There's room with many mansions. He's letting you know, I go to prepare a place for you that when I come back, there you may be also. Do you understand? That's what a friend does. A friend makes room for a friend. A good friend lets you know, you don't got to get a hotel when you come in town. You can stay with me. My house is your house. You can get whatever you want out the refrigerator. Tell me what you want well, on your way here. I'll have it stocked up. Anybody done that before? You get what they get. They don't like what you like, so you get what they like. So they feel right at home. God is letting us know that when you know me as your Lord and your Savior, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. I will soothe all your doubts. I will calm all your fears. Why is that? Because Jesus is mine. And so I think about David. When David was facing Goliath, there was a lot of doubt out on the field. And the reason why there was doubt on the field, because the king doubted. It says the king was hiding in his tent in the back of the army. He wasn't in the front. He was in the back, cowering, hiding. Looking for someone to come out and bring victory. But a little boy named David came on out bringing lunch to his brothers. Asking what's going on. Why y'all let this uncircumcised Philistine talk bad about our God? Don't he know who our God is? I can see David. We don't have it in our text, but I can see it in my mind's eye. <laughs> David saying, I'm going to tell him who my God is. He goes before Saul because the word got up to Saul that David wants to fight Goliath. And that's something he's he going to get a little boy to go fight Goliath. But this little boy told that grown man, that king, uh, I'm going to go fight him uh, like I fought everything I fought in the past. Saul, I can't put on your armor. It's too big. I can't move the way I need to move uh, in your armor. So you need to take that back. But I remember <laughs> there were some times I was with the sheep. Uh, some bears or some lions came after them. Uh, God was with me then. Uh, he'll be with me with this uncircumcised uh, Philistine. Uh, so David went down to that familiar brook, got him some five smooth stones. Uh, he went out to see that guy, that giant, and giant rushed after, stood in front of him talked about him, say, you come at me like I'm a dog, because the shepherd had his stick. Little side note, the shepherd has a stick to beat the dogs away. So you're going to come at me like a dog, but he says, no, nah, I'm not coming at you like a dog. I come in the name of the Lord. And you know, David ran to his mark, swung his sling, 
And God guided that stone right into the enemy's head, and he fell. What happened there? You see what happened there? There was doubt in the camp because the king was hiding. But when one came out and defeated what they were fearful of, they rose up. They rose up. And when they rose up, they went and chased the enemy away. Can I help what I'm trying to tell you right now? That Jesus rose up. And when he rose up, he defeated death. He chased the enemy away. Can anybody here rise up and know that you can chase the enemy away? Oh, death, where is that? Oh, sin, where is that sin? We are more than conquerors. We are victorious because he got up with all power and all authority in his hands. Yes, he went down with some nail marks in his hand, but now he's got all power in his hands. All authority under his feet. No longer nails in his feet, but authority and power is under his feet. And so now we can rise knowing that all that's facing us cannot defeat us because we stand in the name of the Lord. So what once was a rumor has now become revelation. And we can go tell others this truth that we know. That is not a rumor. It is true. And we know. Did you see it? No, I did not see it. But blessed is he who believes and not see. Everybody with your eyes closed. Lord, we just come to you right now, Almighty God, just grateful that we did not see you die on the cross with our physical eyes, but spiritually, Lord, we see it. We see the stripes you bore, the nails that were for us, the death that was for us, and we thank you rose for us to defeat death and to exalt us in your presence. Lord, right now, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus. Lord, we pray they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins and rose from the grave with all power and trust you to be their savior. Lord, we're praying there might be someone here looking for a church home. Lord, we pray that if Zion's that place, you will lead them here. But if not, Lord, we pray that you, we will help them find that place where they can be disciple, where they can grow and where they can mature and be all that you call them to be and that they too can go share this great revelation that he is Lord and he is risen from the grave. We thank you, Lord, for your salvation. We thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. All God's children say, amen, amen, amen. May we stand as we extend the hand of disciples. We